Welcome to the audio podcast for Beit Abba, the Messianic Jewish ministry at the Father's house. We exist to proclaim the gospel to the Jewish people and to connect Christians to Israel and the Jewish roots of our faith. This message is called uh, Cloud by Day, Fire by Night, Friend Forever. How many of you want the presence of the Lord with you? Yeah, I love the sign out in the hallway there. It says, Exodus 33, it says, if you don't go with us, we ain't going. You know, Moses, loosely translated. (laughs) You know, if you don't go with us, what are we going to do? You know, the disciples said to Yeshua, you have the words of life. Where, Where can we go? When you get that presence in you and you start to realize that uh, I don't want to go anywhere without you. I want you with me. I want to be with you. Um, We go through some health challenges. Catherine and I have been taking communion uh, on a daily basis during a a season of challenge. I want to recommend that to you. We're going to take communion tonight together. But I, I feel like uh, it's, it's a way of consecrating and saying yes to the Lord. You know, I love that Genesis 14, we see Melchizedek, Melchizedek, we say in cowboy. Melchizedek appears on the scene uh, from eternity, apparently, maybe a Christophany, maybe Yeshua before he was incarnate, and he comes with the bread and the cup. And we see the beginning of that process of consecrating and remembering to take the bread and the cup. And then we see, of course, in the Seder. How many of you have signed up? Do we have registration yet? We're having a Passover Seder here in this room sometime in the next couple of months. Uh, and I highly recommend that you come. It's a, it's a great time to lean into what da Vinci called the Last Supper, which was actually a Passover meal. And uh, great things happen. I met Monica and Larry at one so I know that great, great things happen at the Passover. There's something about it where we see the origins of communion and we see how God, he, trans, he transposed the meaning of the Kiddush. Like we say on a Friday night, we have a bread and a wine. We have a, always have a little bit of a food thing in this Jewish community. But God himself, Yeshua, transformed and changed the meaning of communion forever. And that's why he said about the Passover, do this in remembrance of me. Because every time we do this, year after year after year, we remember the deliverance from Egypt. How many of you have come out of Egypt? Anybody here come out of Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. We have our version of that. It was believers. We have our version of, I once was lost and now I'm found. You know, I once was a slave and now I ain't. You know, we, it's like a transformational thing that happens to us when we get in touch with Yeshua, when he calls us by name. Did he call you by name? Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And if you're here tonight and you don't know him, do not leave here without him. It's like American Express, only way better. <laughs> Cloud by day, fire by night. Now, I have to, because I know you're interested, I have to tell a little bit about politics and the local scene that we're facing right now, where America is about to, has already started the process of dividing the land. And I love America. I love my president. I love what we do. I love that we're the greatest country in the history of the world. I love, 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 love the USA. USA, USA. However, Joel said, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. 
I will plead with them there on behalf of my people, even my inheritance, Israel, whom they scattered among the nations and they divided up my land. Strong warnings in the word about dividing the land of Israel. Now, don't give me that Napa look. I am pro-American. But I'm telling you, there are strong warnings in the word about dividing up the land of Israel. 2005, Catherine and I sat in this, it was like a, uh, somewhere between Forrest Gump and, what was the one, uh, E.F. Hutton, some moment where like, we were totally not prepared to be there in Gary Bauer's office in Washington, D.C. with Jewish generals from the army and Christian leaders from all over trying to find a way to have George Bush and Ariel Schoen not give away Gaza. Didn't work. What happened? Gaza became a terrorist launching pad. 35 years of, of, of vegetables and fruit and, and just incredible agricultural wealth. They were exporting fruit and flowers to Europe. There was incredible stuff, and within days, it was torn to shreds. And they took the gravestones of the Jews that had lived there and made urinals out of them from the cemeteries. It was a complete and utter disaster. Ariel Sharon, who was a pro, a strong Israeli general, he went into a coma, was in a coma for eight years, and then died. This is a serious word about dividing the land. Now, Abba Ibn, one of the early leaders of Israel, said that, and I love my Arab cousins, I'm telling you, we serve them, we work with them, we preach the gospel alongside of them, we give them money, we do everything we can to help them with the gospel in their neighborhoods, okay? However, Abba Ibn said, the Arabs never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. This thing that Trump is planning and is going out and about is the best deal possible it's not going to work. It's not going to work. There's only one peace plan. His name is Yeshua. You know, it, it will not work. But, but he is trying, you know, and he is the, he's the most pro-Israel president we've had since Harry Truman. Incredible. Incredible stuff. But you can't divide the land and get away with it. It's not going to work. So why won't this work? I'll give you some facts on the ground about it. Let's see if I can get this to work here. First of all, the Arabs have already rejected it. It, it leaves 30% of the biblical West Bank, Judea and Samaria, the heartland of Israel, leaves 30% in Jewish hands, so that's out. It recognizes Jewish control over lots of Jerusalem, so that's out. And allows Israel to thwart Palestinian attacks on the Jewish state, so that's out. You see, in, in Islam, if you have conquered a place, you... I have an obligation to rule over that place. So anything that has gone into Muslim hands over the centuries, like Europe, has to come back to Islam. It's, it's, it's a, my grandmother would say a shanda, it's Yiddish. Probably the Arabs wouldn't say that. It's a shanda, it's a shame. It's a shame on the Quran if they make any kind of a concession and deal and give anything to the Jewish people. So it's, it's, it's doomed to fail. 638 A.D., the, the Muslims conquered the Middle East. And from the 1920s going forward, they marched to the drumbeat of a constant refusal to accept any kind of Jewish existence in Gaza, Jerusalem, the West Bank, the Galilee, and the Golan. So 
Now for the good news. <laughs> I can feel my, my wife churning. What are you doing to them? You scare them. So, <clears throat> so here's what one of the Palestinian leaders said last week. Trump and those who are with him will reach the dustbin of history. Palestine will remain Palestine regardless of how long it takes. This land, by Allah's decree, will spit out its refuse and no oppressor will last long in it. Allah willing, the land will return to its owners. All this aggression, arrogance, and tyranny the result will be tragedy befalling them. And he goes on and on. Basically, he's saying, we are not going to do this. We're not going to accept it. So the U.S. has got this great idea, which is very generous to both sides and very fair, but it's not going to work. So uh, they, they're going to try to put a Palestinian state in 70% of the West Bank, which would become a terrorist spring war just like Gaza became. And they're going to hand over some presently Israeli land towns in Kibbutzim, where both Jews and Arabs live, to the PA, to the PLO. And they're going to establish a PLO-controlled capital city in Jerusalem on the south side of the Mount of Olives, which means when you come with us to Israel and you want to go to the Garden Tomb and you want to go to the Garden Gethsemane, you want to go to the places that are Christian sites, you won't be able to go because they'll be under Muslim control. So it's... It's a scene. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about deliverance. <laughs> I have to, can you show Galkaida? Can you show the, the ladies, the four horsewomen of the apocalypse? This is the Galkaida. You heard of Al-Qaeda? This is Galkaida. And uh, the third one back, she, last week, took a story that was misappropriated by the Palestinian Authority. Two Israeli first responders, guys, went into the Arab town and tried to save a young Palestinian boy. He drowned in a well. They were too late. They couldn't save him. But they went in there to try to bring him out and save his life. The Palestinian Authority reported it as they had kidnapped him and threw him down the well. Our fearless congresswoman retweeted that and sent it all around the world, that these, these Jewish guys who tried to save this young boy's life actually kidnapped him and threw him down the well. So you see, when you talk about fake news, we're talking about cosmic levels of fake news in the Middle East. That's why you need to stay in touch with us, because I'll help you see what's going on for real over there, okay? That's, that's just a, for free. Okay. But let's talk about deliverance. Hallelujah. Let's come out of Egypt tonight. We're coming out of Egypt. We're going to stand in the cloud by day and the fire by night, the presence of the Lord. When Pharaoh drew near, this is Exodus 14. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly. The people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt? This is such a Jewish thing to say. There are no graves in Egypt? You've taken us to die in the wilderness? Sound like I can hear my family. <laughs> what have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Kvetching. Yeah. Say kvetch. <laughs> it's not two syllables. It's not kvetch, which is a Gentile fallacy. Kvetch. It's kvetch. It's one syllable. But kvetch. Stop kvetching start stretching. You know? <laughs> Uh, we, we have this tendency in ourselves 
to look back to what was our sin, our slavery, our darkness, whatever your version of that is, and to long for it and to feel like we, we can't get past it and to move forward with the Lord. And the Lord's saying, we're going forward. This is 2020. We're going forward. The, the kingdom is expanding. If you haven't been listening to Pastor Dave, if this is not your home church, you got to listen to Pastor Dave's messages. They are awesome about first things first and about valuing the presence of the Lord. My favorite pastor. We're going to go next week, Catherine and myself, we're going to go with Pastor Dave and Donna to Gateway Church in Texas because Gateway is absorbing the Messianic Jewish Bible Institute and they're going to do what they call the Israel Project, Gateway Israel Project. They're taking pastors who have committed already to give the 1% challenge. The 1% of your budget should go to Jewish ministry. Robert Morris wrote in The Blessed Life, and Dave read this a few years ago. That's how we got here. He said, uh, the reason why Gateway has 35,000 people on a weekend and $150 million budget is because we give our first 1% to Israel. He calls it the 1% challenge. And so we're going to be there to see them celebrate churches that are already doing that. There's just a half a dozen or so, not, not many, that are already doing that. And I just, if you're not, if this is not your home church, I want you to get this and kind of go low and slow and kind of influence your pastor gently. Don't be weird. Don't, don't, don't get dressed up all Jewy and go crazy and, you know, burn the Christmas tree and kill the Easter bunny and freak them out. But go low and slow and let them know that God is on the move and he's calling us together to say Baruch HaBab Hashem Adonai, just like we sang tonight, right? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's the season that we're in. So the Jewish people here, the Israelites, are fetching about, about leaving Egypt. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians, who you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. <laughs> That's the first miracle in the Jewish family. When we were newly saved, I went to train two weeks at Moody Bible College, like six months in the Lord, two weeks at Moody Bible College in Chicago, and then four weeks on the streets in New York, handing out tracts and doing street, street comedy and this and that for, the, for Jesus, right? The, Jew, the, the New Yorkers say, oh, it must be summer, the Jews for Jesus are out. You know, that's how they count the seasons. But there's a time to be silent. There's a time when you reach out to the Lord and you ask and you, you, you reach for something new, something that he wants to do in you and something that he's promised you. And then there's a time to just stand. Right? Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? Some of you, that's a word for you tonight. You've been reaching, you've been praying, you've been asking, you've been doing, and God is saying, okay, I want you to stand. Watch what I do. So that's what Moses says here. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, I love this too. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. 
This story is the one that we're to tell to our generations. Every generation tells the next generation about the story of the deliverance from Egypt. And we are commanded to tell the story. That's what the Passover Seder meal is all about, is telling each other about God's goodness, God's faithfulness. He is faithful to me, just like we sang tonight. Right? There's a time to be silent, there's a time to stand, and there's a time to stretch out your hand. You know, pick up your bed and walk. Put the mud on your eyes. Stretch out your hand, withered hand. There's a time to move, there's a time to stay quiet. And we need to know what's, which is what. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went to the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, which is the Hebrew word for bitter, remember Naomi? Naomi means pleasant in the story of Ruth. She changed, don't call me Naomi, pleasant, call me Marah, because I'm bitter. I am consumed with bitterness. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter, therefore it was named Marah, and the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. A picture for us of how everything changes at the cross. Your bitterness becomes sweet water when you approach that log that the Savior was crucified on. When you go to that dead tree, you come alive. And that's what's pictured here. But it gets even better. They, so this is just a little tagline here. Grumbling. Anybody here given to grumbling? Raise your hand. And, and, okay, yeah, good. Honest people. You're given to grumbling, right? Grumbling is forgetting who God is and what he has done. Gratitude is remembering who God is and what he has done. Right? When we were first married, we invented a game called the Grateful Game. Now, maybe you play this automatically, but we didn't. So we invented this game where we would just start rehearsing things we are grateful for every day, all day. Right? And so you may, sometimes you've got to start in the general, like the nice day, weather, weather's okay. You know? You know, it's, eventually you can get to, like, I really like you. But if you, wherever you start is okay. But to rehearse and be grateful and to verbalize, what Catherine says is give expression to the impression. Don't just have warm feelings. Go ahead and say something. Go ahead, splurge. Splurge and be kind. Splurge and give something out to the people around you that will lift them up. And gratitude. Gratitude is remembering who God is and what he's done. Have you been delivered? Have you been saved? Have you been totally, your life transformed by his goodness, by who he is? Then tell him. Tell them and tell others. Grumbling is forgetting who God is and what he has done. Gratitude is remembering who God is and what he has done. Now, this is not to say that we don't have seasons of difficulty and grief. You know, my day job, I'm a therapist. I'm familiar with grief. Right? And the stages of grief are very real. We just can't get stuck in them. We can't stay there. You know, there is denial. There is anger. There is bargaining. That's the one where you drive yourself nuts, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Oh, if only I had, if only God had, if only she or he, you know, that mental gyration. And then there's depression, there's sadness, and finally there's a time of acceptance. You come through those stages and you come to a place where, okay, I can move on now. I can go forward, right? So this is not about denying the difficulties that we have or the hardships that we have. It's being real about them. But being real about them and then coming through to gratitude, coming through to be rehearsing and grateful, being, gra being gracious, being grateful, 
ahead of time. I'm preaching myself, folks. It doesn't come naturally to me. I want to rehearse the goodness of God up front, when, when, before and during the problem, when things are going sideways, when there's pain, when there's grief, when there's sorrow, when there's loss. I want to proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. For more information about Beit Abba, log on to our website at tfh.org slash Beit Abba or call our office at 707-455-7790.